morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Yeah, to be in a magnolia state, the magnolias are blooming, they're flying everywhere. We're going to have a good time for the next hour or so, folks. You've tuned into the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production, of, a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. What a many we have here all during the week. And today we're going to talk about gardening. I'm your host, horticulturist, fellow rushing. Got Java Chapman, got Kevin Farrell in there, uh, being the phone reader. Does, for the next hour or so, Relax a little bit. If you got something on your mind, we'll talk about it because it is a live program. If you want to kick around some ideas about some things a little controversial, I'm okay. I don't sell anything. I don't have an agenda. I'm a gardener just like you are. Sometimes I garden without any, well, with a robe on. Tomorrow is World Garden Naked Day. We're not going to go there, but we can sure talk about it. Stick with us, folks. Got a little news. We're going to come back with MPB's Gestalt Gardener and get dirty right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. We're going to have fun for the next hour or so. Our topic is gardening, but, you know, that's the topic. If you want to tie anything into it, Let's have a good time. It's your yard, it's your garden, it's your shrubs, your lawn, your vegetables, your potted plants, whatever, you know. But we have this little group, an informal group here at MPB, actually throughout the state, throughout the world, throughout history. Uh, It's called Diggers, D-I-G, apostrophe R, Diggers, Determined Independent Gardeners. Determined individual gardeners. Don't know. Individual, independent, you tell me. But diggers, we're the people who like to garden. And some of us belong to clubs and plant societies. Some of us uh, are in garden club, master gardeners. But when we get home, we garden by ourselves. And some of us think about stuff that's not club-related. And a lot of folks don't join clubs. They like to garden. They like to dig. They don't mind sharing plants and stuff and even talking about their plants. Don't want to be in a committee. Don't want to have dues. Don't want to have regular meetings. Don't want to have to get dressed up. Don't have to worry about socials, whatever. Uh, just plain old diggers, and that's what we are here at MPB. It's a party where you don't have to wear any clothes, which is a good thing because tomorrow is World Garden Naked Day. And uh, so if you listen to this rebroadcast on Saturday, I hope you enjoy yourself. Luckily, it's going to be overcast, so you don't have to worry about sunburn. <laughs> anyway, for the next hour, let's just talk about gardening, folks. It's a call-in program. It's Toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Got quite a few things uh, going on. Not a lot, but some plant sales and a couple of events going on. And I'm going to talk about those. But let me throw out a couple of things first. Uh, first of all, I found my first magnolia in Jackson. I've, I've seen them blooming on the coast. I've seen them pop around, but I picked a magnolia today from a little gem. Little gem is a dwarf magnolia. Looks like a magnolia. It is a magnolia. Got the same real shiny medium top green leaves, a brown furry bottom of the leaves, beautiful flower, uh, fragrant, citrusy fragrant, and it'll fit in your yard. It's like a big camellia. Uh, it's a great plant for people that don't have much yard or you think that magnolias are too big and a lot of leaf litter. Anyway, I see in full bloom right now, and I'm thinking, wouldn't it be great Holding this thing, smelling, looking at it, thinking of the history and the fact that since 1949, we've had a flower, a magnolia on every historic marker in the Magnolia State. Wouldn't it be great to have this on our flag? Don't want to get into politics, but I'm just throwing that out. One other thing, uh, roses and chocolate for Mother's Day. Mother's Day. You got a mother, got somebody thinking about any kind of Mother's Day celebration. MPB wants to help. Uh, We will deliver roses and chocolate to mom Anywhere, 
anywhere. Uh, if you'll call in or no, it's not calling. Go to our website. Go to mpbonline.org, and they have this thing about. I forget what it's called. Java. What's it called? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. That's uh, the the link. You have to click support. Support. Go to mpbonline.org and click support. It's in the right top hand corner of the um of the website. Or if it's on the app, just click the support button. Yeah, and that's uh, that's today, tomorrow, Sunday, up until the end of May the fifth, which is which is Cinco de Mayo, end of May the fifth, because I got to get these orders out. It's a hundred and twenty five dollar gift to MPB. We will send her roses and chocolate anywhere but you got to go online this weekend today tomorrow or sunday which is really a good deal because you'll spend that much on on the roses and chocolate alone and but you also get to give that gift to mpb think radio yeah and uh plus you don't have to go shopping for it we'll do it for you hope it's some good chocolate i might order one just for me anyway there's quite a few things going on but before we get to that let's just jump right in and do what we do best and that's to talk with folks we're going to go to don and don is from uh long branch right no long beach long beach uh do i need to push a button don are you there Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, howdy. Yeah, I started to push a button, and Java said, no, don't do it. <laughs> What's going on? Hey, uh, this is in reference to compost. Uh, things possibly not to throw in there. Uh, ashes from a wood burner. Uh-huh. Did you throw that in the compost or no? The only thing I won't put in a compost is broken glass. Okay. You know, everything, everything people talk about, meat, weeds, ashes, whatever, it gets diluted. It's not that. It's not really not that big a deal. I don't think it. W- I would use mostly ash, but if you want to scatter some on top of your on your compost, it is no problem whatsoever. Hey, the second one is pine needles. Uh, putting them like around the blueberries and stuff. Uh-huh. Is that something you got to change out seasonal? Like uh, you should pull the old ones off and throw in some new ones. Well, yes and no. A lot of people use pine straw because it's convenient and it's pretty and it's somewhat acidic, but it takes a long time to break out. It's, it's real waxy, so it takes a long time for pine straw to actually break down into something that's useful to plants. So I would mulch with just regular chopped tree leaves or bark or something like that, and then top with pine straw if it looks good. But to answer your question, if you use just pine straw, after a while it tends to mat down. Sometimes I guess it's kind of a white or yellowish fungus mold that grows in it. It's not a harmful of plants, but it can make it where water can't penetrate through it. So at the very least, if you're going to freshen it up every year, take a, a rake and just rake the old stuff back, push it back on, and then retop. In other words, rough it up before you top dress it with some fresh stuff. All righty. Hey, thank you. Oh, those are good questions. Uh, you're not going to push back on any of them? Nope. nope. Uh, well, uh, putting your stronger in the compost, I guess that's all right. Well, he, again, here's the deal. The idea for compost is to pile stuff up so it'll break down into compost. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and magnolia leaves and uh, uh, holly leaves and pine needles, they take a long time to break down. So if you're going to do that, if you could chop them up, run the mower over, anything to break them up first, it'll help them decompose more, more quickly. That's the only drawback they take a long time to break down. So mix it with a lot of other stuff and you're fine. All right. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it, Don. I hear uh, people all the time saying, you can't put this in a compost. Don't put weeds in your compost because it'll put weeds in your garden. Excuse me. I already got those weeds in my garden. Not that big a deal. Uh, don't put meat in a compost. Uh, I put a raccoon in mine. <laughs> <laughs> a raccoon, and it turned into compost. So anyway, what they mean is be neat, be considerate. If you're going to put something like that in it, put it kind of deep so it doesn't really bother the neighbors. Now let's go to um, 
Gene. Gene is calling from Jackson. Hey, Gene, good morning. Uh, good morning, Felton. Love you, sure. Thank you, sir. Uh, I've got a problem. I was hoping that maybe you or some of our listeners could... Uh, that maybe help me. <laughs> okay. I'm having a problem with the bull net. Oh, man, oh, man, and, oh, man, uh, oh, man. I mean, it, they have, this year they are really, really bad, and I, I love being outside in my garden and, and working outside. And I mean, it, it has gotten a problem that my wife just can't even go outside uh, yeah. once she's bitten or whatever it is that they yeah. do. It is leaving some terrible, terrible. Yeah. Whether you call them black gnats or bull gnats or buffalo gnats, they're, they're really aggressive. They're type of fly. And luckily, they don't last all summer. They're Typically, they would have been a little bit earlier. It would have been hotter by now, and they disappear when it gets hot. So usually it's just for you know a month or four, five, six weeks or so, and then they, they go away. So that's right. the, the good news. Um, the bad news is there's not much you can do about it. One bit me on the top of my ear, and my ear swelled up so much it stuck straight out. That's what my problem is. You know, one, one bite, one bite, and it takes four or five days for it to go down. There's not much you yeah. can do about it except put meat tenderizer. Uh, a couple of things. They are definitely, according to entomologists, they're definitely attracted to dark clothing. So if she's going to be outside, something long sleeve, white blouse, something like that, that'll right. help a little bit. And then she's going to need to put some kind, and they'll go through a strong wind. So a fan yeah. will keep them away. Um, there, there are several different insecticides that work okay. Uh, and I've, uh, matter of fact, we've got a, a thing in my neighborhood where people send questions around each other, and I hear all sorts of stuff. And I've heard this stuff. I haven't used it before, but it's called Buggins, B-U-G-G-I-N. Okay. Never heard of it, but of all the things that everybody saying, including people who fish, people who play golf, people are out there with these gnats, uh, they keep saying Buggins. And I don't know anything about it, but apparently it's, uh, you know, Ace Hardware is a lot of place covered. I don't sell the stuff. It doesn't matter to me, but a regular DEET just seems to attract them. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Anyway, they should I'll be try. gone after a while, you know, but unfortunately they're out and the only time of year when it's decent for us to be outside. That is correct. You know, with this being the National Barbecue Month, you know, the black gnats are just not any fun. Anyway, good luck on it. Thank you so much. All right, appreciate it. All righty. Uh, no, the black gnats, buffalo gnats, bull gnats are tiny little flies, and they are fierce, and they leave a welt. I mean, it's like poison ivy. Uh, all sorts of repellents. Uh, apparently, the natural ones work okay. Don't know what this thing called buggins, but a lot of people in our neighborhood have recommended it. I'm going to give it a try. You know, that's not a scientific or an official recommendation. It's just uh, whatever it takes. Okay, now let's go to uh, to Brian calling from Columbia. Hey, Brian, good morning. Hey, good morning, Felder. Howdy. Howdy there. I have just removed my patio deck. It was wood. Yeah, me too. I dropped down about a foot, and I'm now putting in a concrete slab. Yeah. I have a hedge of gardenia that's about 30 years old, Mm -hmm. and it was on the border of one side, and it's too high. So I need to trim it, but that's it's an old hedge, yeah. and the undergrowth, you know, is pretty bare and yeah. exposed on one side now where the railing went out. Yeah, and I need to come down about eighteen inches, two feet. Is that too severe of a cut? 
No, as a matter of fact, summer. matter of fact, you need to come down below that because wherever you make a cut, Brian, it doesn't matter whether it's here, there, or over there. Wherever you make a cut, the new growth comes out right there, and it's going to grow up. So you need to cut it below where you want it to grow up to. Uh, okay. l- luckily, gardenias, you can cut those to just a bare stub, a foot, foot and a half tall, and it will sprout back out, just like a boxwood or, or an azalea, anything. It takes a little further back you cut it, the longer it takes, the more you're going to cuss me, the more your neighbor's going to talk about you, but it will come back out. Uh, it's really important if you do that, though, uh, Brian, to, when it, the growth does come back, a month, five, maybe six weeks, uh, when it gets a few inches long, snip the tips off of it so it, in turn, bushes out instead of shooting up overhead. But it's so called, a second cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut, yeah, cut. yeah, that second cut, may, uh, otherwise, uh, these long, skinny things will shoot up three or four feet tall. And uh, so if you just cut the, the new growth when it gets a few inches tall, it will bush out or, or, or let it get over the height they want and then, you know, sort of cut in that shrub shake. It won't hurt. It. It's called rejuvenation. I wish we could do it to our attitudes. Right. So when do you suggest I do that this summer? Oh, the sooner the better. You know, the sooner you do it, the quicker they can put out new growth. Have they already done this patio thing yet? Oh, no. Well, the patio's done, but they're in full bud right now. So yeah. I'm going to wait until they bloom. Well, think about this. Like what, what? How many have you got? Uh, there's six in the row. C- cut out, uh, cut, cut two of the, cut the, the two ones in and one in the middle, or the two, the second and the, and the fourth one, and then when they start putting out, cut the other ones. Okay. All right. Perfect. It, Just it's, stagger it's, the cuts. It's, ca- it's called layering, and don't be scared. Okay. But you, 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 you can't hurt it by cutting it hard. You can't. All right. Great. Good okay. To know. Good. Oh, I appreciate it. Oh, I got to ask you this. You got to color it. You got to paint your, your concrete thing? No, I'm going to score a pattern of a chessboard in it. In a large, it's about a 20 by 20 patio. Uh-huh. And I thought I'd put in a big pattern of uh, you know checkerboard. Yeah. Well, the reason I'm asking, if you wanted to, you could mix latex paint with water, about one part paint to four or five parts water, and just lightly spray it on there. Just to give it a little bit of a glow, it could be gray, it could be green, whatever, but just give it less of that bright new concrete color, and it works like a charm. I've done this uh, from for my driveway, and, my, it, and it works like a charm. Just a little bit, just to sort of take that, that, that starkness off, off of it. And then does it does it wash off over time? No, no. It, over a long time, it'll uh, it'll it'll fade slowly. But uh, I poured a uh, a real irregular uh, driveway. Uh, Rick Griffin, landscape architect, where they had me pour this thing, and he had me mix up some brown paint and some water, and I sprayed it. it looks like a dirt road. It's been there for so years. What's the mix again? The ratio uh, about one part. I don't. Th- it's not a recipe. It's more of a concept. About one part paint to four or five parts water. And again, all you're doing is you're just you're just lightly. You're not painting. You're just sort of staining it a little bit. Got it. Got it. Uh, tr- try try it on another area first. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have fun, Brian. All right. Bye bye. All right. Speaking of Rick Griffin, I had him come over, landscape architect, old friend of mine, great, great landscape, quirky in a super, super good way. Been in Southern, living like 30 or 40 times. Had him come over to help me design an entry arbor to my back garden. And uh, I was thinking square, rectangular, can he said, why not three posts and do a triangular thing with a triangular shaped pyramid on top of some old tin? I'm thinking, yeah, that works. So we're doing that right now. Anyway, there's some things going on.
going on. We've got some callers on the line I want to get to you. But when we come back from this short break, I'm going to give an announcement of a few events that are going on. And I want to remind folks, if you go to mpvonline.org at the top, where it says support, you click on that for a $125 donation. We will send roses and chocolate to own Mother's Day to any mother anywhere. 125 bucks. You can't get any better than that. And then you're done with it. We'll be right back right after this. All righty, folks, welcome back. We've got a full lineup of callers. We're going to get right to those. But let me throw out a few things that are happening. In addition to tomorrow being World Naked Gardening Day, I'm not making this up. This uh, Celebrate however you want to. You can garden naked under your robe if you want to. But celebrate being outside. That's the important thing. But there's some events going on this weekend, and next you might be interested in. Uh, one is, let me see, uh, there's going to be a Tupelo Home and Garden Tour. And that's tomorrow, Saturday. And I'm going to be at it. It's going to start at uh, 9 o'clock, 9 o'clock till about noon or so, uh, starts at St. Luth Methodist Church there in in, uh, in Tupelo. Uh, I'm going to be there with my truck with all the s- stuff planted in it, going to be talking with folks, you know, bring me things to show and tell and scratch and sniff or whatever. It could be really informal. Uh, but then at 1130, I'm giving a talk there at St. Luke at the church on Gardening, all sorts of gardening, low input, easy container, all sorts of things about gardening. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, again, nine to uh, noon or so. My talk is at eleven thirty, St. Luke Methodist Church. Um, if you want to uh, swing by, it'll be a lot of fun. Weather permitting, uh, otherwise my talk's going to be indoors anyway. Uh, also on May the sixteenth, and that's coming up a little while, but I'm going to do a fun program at the Carthage Library, six o'clock. That's a Thursday evening, six o'clock. And uh, you know it's been a while since I've been to Carthage, so I'm looking forward to that. We'll talk about that next week. This weekend we've got uh, uh, the Gulf Coast Herb Society is having a herb event uh, on Saturday at the Mobile Botanical Garden. Uh, Chef. Uh, uh, Corey, Corey Garrison is doing a thing on growing and harvesting and cooking with herbs. Uh, there's going to be three plant sales that I know of. One, East Mississippi Master Gardeners uh, at the Downtown Farmer's Market in Meridian. Uh, that's by the train depot, 8 till 1. That's going to be uh, tomorrow in Meridian. Uh, also, the uh, plant sale art and quilt show at Trinity Presbyterian Church Hospital uh, Road in Starkville. Um, so if there's anything else I can promote, give us a call or shoot us an email. we got plenty of time to do that. But looking forward to seeing a lot of folks in Tupelo tomorrow morning. Going to have my truck with all the stuff in the back and giving a talk at 1130 St. Luke's Methodist Church. Now let's go to Tim, who's been holding for quite a while. Tim, what's going on? Oh, not much of nothing. You've been bitten by talk to you about the Nazis. Have you, have, you, have you been bitten by them? Oh, no. I'm an entomologist. They wouldn't dare. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, they would. Yeah. They Actually, they get extra points if they bite you. Yeah. Well, there, actually, there's 24 species of those little buggers. Yeah. And they're actually around 12 months out of the year. They're just, they just peak in the spring and the fall when the yeah. weather's comfortable and we want to be outside. Right, right. In general, when it's cooling. The simplest thing to do to combat these things, if, if it's convenient to do so, is a box fan. Well, you know, I have a box fan and, and a ceiling fan, on, but it seems like they go right through it. Mosquitoes stay away, but those... No, those... no, no, no. Uh, these things, are, they're very weak flyers. If you can just keep the box fan blowing on you, huh. uh, uh, they can't get to you. The same thing with mosquitoes. The mosquitoes aren't strong flyers either. Yeah, I knew the mosquitoes uh, so weren't. The box but... fan will keep them away. Okay, and it's really funny because they 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 apparently they they uh, lay their eggs in in moving water. So I figured that you know that they must fly quick because they're little they're little streamlined buggers. 
No, they're, they're actually very weak flyers. They're okay. A, a two or three knot wind will keep them off you. Well, that's good to know because I, I, I use the fans for mosquitoes, and I didn't think they would work on them, but that's great information. Yeah, another thing is don't don't overwater your garden or your lawn because uh, they, uh, if you find them in the wild, you always find them near water. Yeah. Because they're feeding, they like moist soil, and they're feeding on the rotten organic material in the soil as larvae. Yeah. So if, uh, don't overwater your lawn, which is a good idea anyways for any purposes. But uh, if you keep your lawn moist, keep your soil moist, you're going to build up the numbers. Yeah, so in other words, uh, don't water so much. Keep a fan on. And uh, any repellent that you know of this better than the rest, or they're all about the same? Yeah, pretty much so. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, I, I prefer, for repellents, I prefer the one that contains the keratin. Yeah. Uh, the one they developed in Australia about 30 years ago. It's, it doesn't have nearly the problems that DD, that DEET has. Yeah, yeah. Okay, listen, great advice, Tim. I appreciate it a whole bunch. And every now and then you send me uh, an email about some fine-tuning stuff. You know, I studied entomology a long time ago, but there's so much to know. You know. Oh, yeah. Appreciate That's, it, man. Yeah, we, Thank you so much. Stay, stay cool and dry. All righty, now let's go to uh, Bobby. Bobby's calling from Spanish Fort, Alabama. Hey, Bobby, good morning. Good morning, Feldman. You're talking about my old stomping grounds, Mobile Botanical Garden. Oh, that's a cool place. Cool, cool place. I've got a main question, if, I, if you have a chance, a uh, lightning round question. Here we go. Three years, i got about a 40-foot breezeway. Asian jasmine planted outside of it with boxwood bushes, trees, whatever you want to call them, coming uh-huh. up from the midst of it. One section, I'd say about a 20-foot section, maybe yeah, probably 20-foot, of the Asian jasmine. Just died. It's, 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 it's nightmarish. It's horrifying to see the battle going on. And then it sort of seems to have spread, hasn't seemed sort of, it has spread into the boxwoods. I tried fertilome. I've done my research, due diligence. Do I need to just eracinate everything and pull it all up, or is it all just going to die again? You know, this, this is a, it's a good question. I get this uh, three or four times a year, and over the years that adds up. And I really can't explain it. There are root disease, there are diseases uh, that, that can affect them. Uh, it, and I don't want to get too much in that, but it's actually spread by infected mulch. You know, there are there's a mulch that has a fungus that actually kills boxwoods, and and I think it's banned in California, uh, moving mulch from cer- certain places because of that. So there are there are fungi that can do that. Also, being exposed to extreme dry or extreme wet can can set them up for problems the next year, even. See, so uh, between cultural things, you know, making sure that it's not bone bone dry or staying wet from irrigation and uh, from time to time just pruning it and get a little fertilizer because there's really not much we can do about the the, the fungus the fungicides don't kill fungi they just protect plants temporarily you know when the fungus is active so n- n- nothing practical except just you know start over but redo want- redo the soil really well which is not fun okay if i uh wanted to what about cover? Should I go with little stones, pine straw, or leaves, mulch? What would you say? Best, best answer. Well, right, right. If, I like bark because bark's easy to spread and it lasts long. You know, but okay. you know, but that's that's just my personal. It breaks down slowly over a period of time, but it lasts a long time. It's easy to pour out and it sifts itself down uh, and through the plant pretty quickly. Painting my roof white does it make any significant difference in the coolness? Yeah. <laughs> what will it last? I, I no idea, no idea. Depends on what kind of paint. I've got a tin roof on mine just for that reason. It radiates a lot. Yeah. 
Last question. Best hedge as a proxy for a fence or a wall? There's no such thing because most hedges grow wide as well as tall, and walls are nice and flat. But uh, th- to me, the best would be uh, lattice fencing with vines on it. Uh, but as far as good hedges, uh, there's four or five great ones, and each has pros and cons. I like ligustrum because it can be sheared, uh, you know, nice and tight. I like the old-fashioned privet, you know, which people always had forever because it has it can be sheared all the time. But you need something that's real narrow and tight. Uh, down on uh, where you are, you can get away with this stuff called Japanese U, Y-E-W. It's an upright plant. It's a narrow plant, so it, 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 it makes a nice wall. Thank you, Philman. Good, good luck on it. Appreciate your call. Yes. All righty. Uh, you're listening to Gestalt Gardener here, uh, Philman Rushing here, talking about gardening. If you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. And by the way, if you want to go to uh, mpbonline.org, click on support. We will send roses and chocolates anywhere to Mother on Mother's Day. Anywhere. 125 bucks, chocolates, and roses delivered for Mother's Day. Uh, through today and tomorrow, Sunday. Got to do it over the weekend. Uh, website, mpbonline.org. Okay, let's uh, let's go to Jim. Talk to Jim. Jim, you've been hanging on for a long time from Memphis. How you doing this morning? Doing great. Good morning. Love your show. Howdy. Thanks. Uh, What's up? Uh, two quick questions. When do you know that your compost is done? I mean, if you leave it in there long enough, it'll turn to dirt. But I'd yeah, like well, but that's that's what it is. You know, uh, I can't tell old compost from old manure from old potting soil. You know, it all breaks down to just sort of this crumbly, generic, dark brown stuff. You know, no chunks, no discernible things. It just crumbly like a bag of potting soil. That's when it's completely done. But, you know, it's ready to use before then. As long as it's broken down into somewhat uniform pieces. Um, I, You know what hardware cloth is? Yeah. I, I use half. I got a little frame with half-inch hardware cloth. I throw it over a trash can. I throw my compost on top, and I sift it. What makes it through, I use. What doesn't, I run back through the compost. But in general, after... If you don't turn or aerate or do any of that stuff, it's going to take three or four months for it to really start working. But once you get it started, you have a pretty continuous supply. So anyway, uniform is the the thing to look for. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, and another quick question. Uh, honeysuckles, uh, they're not blooming. Which, uh, which kind of The Japanese honeysuckle, the native honeysuckle, what? I got both. Yeah, the native honeysuckle should be if you know should start blooming about now. It's been blooming in Jackson, Central Mississippi, the past couple of three, four weeks, but it's really it's just now coming to its own here. So I would and the regular honeysuckle has been blooming. The Japanese honeysuckle for the past three or four weeks. There's a couple of weeks difference between Central Mississippi and and uh, and, and yours. So I would say about time. Okay, if it doesn't start blooming, what could be the problem? Uh, too much fertilizer. You know, too much fertilizer, too much rain. You know, both of these plants are, are, you know, they like just miserable conditions. And if you got miserable conditions, they'll bloom better than if you give them, you know, water and fertilizer and all that. You know, okay. and so long as they get some sunshine and occasional soaking from the rain, maybe a little fertilizer, handful every three or four years, that's all they need. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Good luck on here. I appreciate all your right. call. Okay, okay we've got... Uh, Lots of callers. You want to take some more calls? Now let's do some music. Let's do a little tune. Do a little tune. Again, roses and chocolate for Mother's Day. Go to mpbonline.org up at the very top. Click support. We'll send them to Mother's Day anywhere. Going to be in uh, Tupelo tomorrow morning. 
Weather permitting, we're going to have a really nice garden tour. It's going to start at St. Luke's Methodist Church. they got craftsmen and artisans there. Uh, and tours of gardens, iris gardens, all sorts of fun stuff. 1130, I'm going to be giving a presentation at St. Luke's Methodist Church. It's going to be on gardening, s- southern style. Nice, take it nice and easy. I'm a horticulturist fellow rushing. Java Chapman's in there pushing all the buttons and waving his arms at me when my fingers get too close to anything. And uh, we've got... Uh, Kevin Farrell uh, being the phone greeter here at MPB. We love bringing stuff to you. And today is bringing gardening to you. Won't you join us? Toll free 1-877-MPB-RING. Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, Grumble, give a whistle And this'll help things turn out for the best And always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten There's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps Don't be silly chumps Just purse your lips and whistle That's the thing Always look on the bright side of life Come on Always look on the bright side of life For life is quite absurd You must always face the curtain with a bow Forget about your seat, give the audience a grin Enjoy it, it's your last chance anyhow So always look on the bright side of death Just before you draw It's a joke, it's true You'll see it's all a show Keep them laughing as you go Just remember that the last laugh is on you And always look on the bright side of life Always look on the right side of life Folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fellow rushing here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, I, I mentioned I plucked a magnolia flower. I came in. I actually got two magnolia flowers. One is the Little Jim. It's a perfect size magnolia tree for everybody's garden. It's really a large shrub or small tree. It n- doesn't take up time like the, the monster. A little Jim. I also got a, a branch off of a, uh, what do they call it, uh, sweet, I've drawn a total blank, magnolia virginiana, sweet I can't think of the name of it. It's a native tree. And a little, anyway, I'll think of it a little while, but it's a small magnolia. It's, it'll fit in a, uh, it's, you can put your fingers all the way around the perfect little magnolia flower. Sweet something magnolia. 
The Latin name is Magnolia Virginiana, if you want to look it up. Anyway, if you're interested in helping pursue this, you know, I would love to see, and a lot of people would love to see, if we ever have a referendum get a new flag, I'd love to see the Magnolia State have a Magnolia flower, like the Lone Star State or the Palmetto State. You know, California's got a bear, but something simple. Don't care how you vote or anything like that. If you're interested in that, want a little bit of the background on all the flag stuff, go to magnoliaflowerflag.org. Magnoliaflowerflag.org. It's got a lot of information on one page. Nonprofit, nonpartisan. This may be a first felder, but um, I know something you don't. Is it what? is it Sweet Bay? Sweet Bay. <laughs> I, I, did somebody tell you that? Well, Google. Google. <laughs> Sweet something Magnolia. Sweet Bay, you idiot. Sweet Bay Magnolia. It's little small flowers. You can put your, you know, fit in the palm of your hand easily. Anyway, magnoliaflowerflag.org. At least check it out. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. We'd like to, uh, to throw out a few things that I'm doing in my garden, uh, which might give you some ideas of stuff you can be doing. But I'd rather just yak with folks. So let's talk with Gene, who's been hanging on for Mobile for a long time. Hey, Gene, good morning. Hey, hey man. What's up? That guy was looking for a hedge. You used to tell him about the Japanese U. It gets big. Uh, well, you could control it. You cut it any size you want, and a gnat can't even get through there. But anyway. <laughs> it's a good one. And it grows great on the coast. About, uh, I need to figure out something to spray on my tomatoes and pepper plants. Or what's a good overall bug or spider or whatever? killer that gets rid of stuff, keeps stuff off of them. Well, you know, there there's several things you can use. It, as far as one general thing, you know, I, I, I don't really don't have one. The, the the go-to thing, if you don't mind uh, chemicals, is malathion. Mal- okay, I got but, that. But now here's the deal. Malathion, when you mix it with water, Gene, malathion and most of these organophosphate-type uh, insecticides, when you mix them with, with water, if it's alkaline water, I know in Jackson it is, it starts breaking down pretty quickly. So, you know, if you mix some up this morning and spray it tomorrow, you're just smelling, you're spraying smelly water. So <laughs> mix up what you're going to use at a time and then try this. Add a little liquid dish detergent to your spray and spray the bottom of the leaves. The liquid dish detergent helps the water spread out and st- through those little tiny hairs on the bottom right. of the and stick on better. So a little I'm, I'm bit. I'm not using distilled water, so. Oh, that, that's fine. It's not that big a deal. Main thing is mix up what you're going to use and use it. And don't keep it till the next day. Well, you used to use that powder stuff all the time. I can't remember what it's called. Now, seven but dust, but see, yeah, seven but dust see, here, kill everything, but, I don't think but it, but it, it, it won't. Seven only kills stuff that bites it. If you got yeah. things that chew on a plant, seven will work. But if you got little tiny uh, uh, aphids and spider mice and stuff, that it doesn't work at all. So you know, if you what had what is to, the time limit on that uh, biothon when you mix it up in a bottle? Does it last a week or two before you could have to throw it out? No, no. You mix it up, and use it. Once you're done with, be done. Don't, don't, don't. You know. Don't keep it. No, don't keep it. You know. Okay. Mix it right. I, that. I, I was gonna mix it up a gallon of. If that be the case, I'll just mix up a small amount. Yeah. Now, I, I gotta say that you know you you feel like you need to use it. There are also, believe it or not, there are some natural sprays that work pretty darn well against most insects. All right. uh, they have. Uh, there's one called pyrethrin. I've heard that. Pyrethrin. That comes with a flower, and it's it's safe and all like that. Try this also. Spray late in the day when the insects are all there. By next morning, the insecticide won't be affecting bees or anything like that. So, you know, just be careful. I'm just trying to get ready so that when they come in, they they come in. I know they are. Yeah. (laughs) Good luck on it, man. Thank you, man. All righty. Bye-bye. Okay, now let's talk to uh, to Carl, calling from Olive Branch. Hey, Carl, good morning. 
Morning, Felder. What's up? Uh, I planted uh, some ash trees uh, about 2011. Like green ash, those kind of, yeah. That type of tree, yeah, yeah. from the uh, Arbor Day type trees. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're about, I guess, maybe 30 feet tall, 7 inches in diameter or so now. I have three in the backyard, one in the front yard. The one in the front yard, the leaves are, I'll say, uh, shriveling up, basically. and uh, The, the whole off. whole tree or just some of them? Just some, but it looks like it's throughout the tree, but it's uh, it's not as full as it has been in the past. The ones in the backyard are okay, but uh, they don't seem to be as full as they have been in the past. I don't yeah. know if there was some what's going on with them is my question. You know, when I, when I study plants, I learn the pros and cons in any that have, you know, real diseases or real serious insects and root problems, and none of that comes up, you know, in in my head about ashes. I don't know of any major diseases. We do have some some uh, some beetles that'll get into them, the ash borer, you know, that'll get in there, and it may be that you've got an infestation in that tree of those, but, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know how to tell you to, to look. So I'm just having a guess. It's also possible, and this is a real possibility. People don't think about this, but lightning can strike a tree without leaving a mark on it. Just like it can strike people and they walk away from it. Lightning right. can, can, can strike a tree, especially one that's got a real straight trunk like those ash trees, and uh, not blow the bark off and just sort of lightly fry it. And it can take months or years for that to show up. So there's always that possibility. But between, you know, uh, weather staying a little too wet this year or maybe put, you know, cut a root or something, you know, there's some, but root or trunk problems are the most likely cause rather than a a pretty common disease. That's what I'm saying. Well, well, the the same tree in the front uh, has had this in the spring, I mean, early spring, like a, I don't know if it's a, uh, sort of a webby type uh, insect on it that would uh, weep this sort of a white. Uh, on the, on the leaves or on the trunk or what? On the leaves, and the leaves are curl from that as well. Yeah, that 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 could be all it is. It could be spider. I, I don't know if you can take a really good, clear, close up picture and shoot it to me. And if I don't know, I can send it to an entomologist. But other than that, I'm just guessing. And I really, I don't mind guessing if I'm comfortable with it. But I'm uncomfortable in this case. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Phil. A, a good close-up picture, and we'll take it. Otherwise, uh, call, call the you know, the county extension agent there. Get them to come by and take a quick look. All right, I appreciate it. Okay, wish I could help more, Carl. All right, thank you. All right, see ya. All righty, let me see. Uh, let's go to Dale calling from. Uh, is it? Oh, where would Dale go? It disappeared. Let's go to Lee and Jackson. Hey, Lee. Good morning. Hey, Bill. How are you? I'm fine. I just look at things now, and buttons disappear. <laughs> I understand that happens to me too. What's up? I just wanted to remind folks that the Madison County Master Gardeners are having a plant sale tomorrow. Saturday. Oh, that, that, that's that's right. It's it, it, it's not the library, is it? No, it's it's uh, at from eight until twelve, and it's at the location where Tulane College uh, was teaching. That's the corner of Main Street and Highway Fifty One. Yeah, that's easy to find. You got a bu- got a bunch of good stuff. Annuals, perennials, ornamental grasses, native plants, that sort of stuff. Okay. I don't know that I got an email about that, but I'd heard about it from, from some other Master Gardens. I just forgot about it. But that's t- Saturday, right? Right. I had forgotten about it, too, but I better get prepared, have <laughs> Yes, ma'am. <laughs> anyway, hope you all have good weather, Lee. Well, we're hoping for that, too. Thank you very much. All right. Appreciate it. You bet. 
Okay, and there's some, like I say, there's some things I've been doing this week in my garden trying to get ready for summertime, and I want to share those. But let's let's go up to start and talk to Ann. Good morning, Ann. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? So far, so good. You got a citrus tree question? Yes. I have a, a lemon tree and a kumquat tree, and they're both in larger terracotta plants. Uh-huh. And my citrus tree gets these, the past three years, they're about four years old. They've been getting these bright white bugs that are really squishy and dark orange inside. And I look them up and I forget the name. It's but a scale. Getting... It's a type of scale. Scale. Interesting. Yeah, well, I but... was told to get a white paper towel and squish them. And I've been doing that, but I got about 40 this year. And so I'm wondering what I can do to prevent them. Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, and these are sort of stuck to the plant. You can, you can mash them, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a type of scale, and it's pretty common. Scale insects are called that because they hatch out. The young ones hatch out from eggs, and they crawl onto new growth and attach themselves, and then they cover themselves with this waxy or sometimes furry scale. It's like an armor. So it's like a it's like an armadillo tick on your plant. <laughs> and uh, once they attach themselves, you know, you can just simply rub them off. You don't have to squeeze; just rub them off. Uh, but the problem is, if you want to prevent them, you have to know when the young ones are crawling, and you have to use an insecticide for. Those and the timing is, you know, it, it, you, you can't even see them. They're so small. I mean, you yeah. can if you know what you're looking for, but they're tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know on yours when that happens, but it typically it's going to be in the spring when there's new growth out there. So, mm-hmm. what I would recommend, even though it sounds like a little bit of a chore, if you were to go ahead and just just put on a pair of gloves and just rub them off, you know, every now and then, you know, caress your plants a little bit, that'll take care of the worst of them by far. Yeah. And okay. and not a whole lot more time, you know, and you can do it with a glass of wine in one hand, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, in order to use an insecticide that doesn't poison your plant, a systemic insecticide, uh, which I would not recommend on an edible fruit plant, uh, you'd have to use a, a liquid spray like pyrethrin or something, but it only lasts for a little while and it only works at this crawlers are there what what yeah. what some people do and uh is they'll spray a, what's it called a dormant oil on the plants and it mm-hmm. smothers them and mm-hmm. and and that helps but you have to do that before it gets really really too hot yeah so the, i did that one year and i made a mistake of leaving it on instead of washing it off and burn your plant like, yeah the leaves were really they kind of I'll let go, and so now my plant's really scrawny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the one one other thing, it, did it bloom? Had they bloomed okay this uh, this yeah. year? So you're gonna they have bloomed okay, but it's a really scrawny plant. So yeah. it's getting weaker each year. Well, what you might want to do is rejuvenate them a little bit. For you know, if they've been in the same pot a long time, and you know, plants mm-hmm. wear their potting potting soil disappears. It breaks down, and you know, just like compost manure. Just, so every now and then, every few years. You, might want to pull them out, lightly loosen up the roots, and put some fresh potting soil, and that'll invigorate them. But also, you can thin out some of the branches and cut some of them back a little bit to sort of invigorate the plant. Leave a few, cut a few, and this invigorates the plants. Okay. But uh, anyway, as far as the scale, I think for a potted plant, just rub, you know, get you a scale glove. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a scale <laughs> glove for one hand, a cup of coffee glove for the other hand. <laughs> Sounds good. Good luck on it, Ann. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Thank you. All righty, folks. We got plenty of time to talk uh, about gardening. If you want to shoot me email during the week, that uh, yeah, that works too. Garden at mpbonline dot org. And while you're there, uh, go to mpbonline dot org website and uh, click on support. We'll send roses and chocolates to 
anywhere, anytime for Mother's Day uh, for uh, a gift to MPB, 125 bucks, which is about what roses and chocolates going to cost you. But we'll be glad to send it for that. Let me throw out, before we go, go to the other calls, a couple of things that, that I've got going on right now, not because I'm you know, any different than anybody else, but just give you an idea of the stuff I've done this week. I planted all sorts of stuff annuals, colorful okras, castor beans, a couple of vines on my vine arbor, lots of annuals, uh, angelonia, um, blue salvias. These are plants that bloom all summer, great for butterflies, and don't need a bunch of watering and care. I uh, put out some basil, including some African blue basil, which is the best butterfly plant in my garden. Uh, ornamental grasses, native perennial wildflowers are full swing. Um, I've got big buds on my purple coneflowers, summer rubecchias, and a few others, but my roses are kicking right now, especially one called Caldwell Pink. Caldwell Pink is the most ever-blooming rose. i got a semi-running rose called Red Cascades, and a big one called Mutabilis, or butterfly rose planted over my sweet old spaniel rusty's grave all ever blooming disease free i also tip prune my figs so that they'll have more bushy shape uh you just snip the tips off of them they'll they'll bush out and have more figs easier to pick uh rooted some this past year i'm moving this fall um let me see what else. i pulled a bunch of weeds i got some old jeans on got out of the pair of glove i pulled weeds and I threw them out in the dry, the sidewalk. And when I got done, I let them dry down a day or so because I was laid, lazy and just needed to go inside and calm down. And after they dried down, I threw them in a big old pile called a leaf pile, my compost thing. Uh, and then I mulched everything really, wetter, really well for the heat and dry weather. So I mulched by hand, threw a bunch of mulch, excuse me, I weeded by hand, put a bunch of mulch out there, watered everything really well, hoping it'll cause the rain and um, pretty well set for the summertime. Pretty well set for the summer. Would like to throw this out. Um, I participated in a real special ceremony uh, a couple of days ago. Um, Thursday was Beltane. Uh, Wednesday was Beltane. I don't know if y'all know what Beltane is. It's the it's the uh, May the first. It's sort of a, a druid type of thing where they celebrate you know the coming of the spring and all like that. Anyway, my friend Jesse Yancey, the gorilla gardener, uh, his folks are from Wales, so I brought set back some dirt from Wales. A little bit of dirt from Wales. We and uh, we we went out there had a little special ceremonial ritual, uh, soiled from the village in Wales. He sprinkled uh, to the north, the south, the east, the west. It's not a cult, not witchcraft, just a thoughtful kind of a spiritual inoculating nod to Jesse's homeland. Um, so anyway, enjoy that a good bit. Uh, Cinco de Mayo coming up, but also I'm going to be in in uh, Tupelo tomorrow uh, from nine till about. 11 or so, I'm going to have my truck out there, St. Luke's Method Church, and I'm going to be giving a presentation in the church at 1130 tomorrow. Now, let's go to, uh, to Dale. Dale, you've been hanging on for a long time from Milledgeville, Tennessee. How are you, sir? I'm good, sir. How are you today? Thank, thank you for holding. What's going on up there? I've got a fig tree that uh, was given to my mom last fall. It was in about a three-gallon bucket. Uh-huh. It was pretty vigorous last fall. It uh, wintered in that three-gallon bucket, and then in about February, we transplanted that thing. Yeah. It had a few leaves on it in February. Uh, proceeded to drop those leaves and has done nothing in the weeks ensuing. Yeah. And I'm hoping you've got some kind of silver bullet. I'm I'm hoping this thing is just not uh, awoken from its dormancy. It, and it, it could be, Dale. I, I mentioned earlier, I pruned, I, I set a new fig out last year, kind of a special fig, and I cut it back to like 
two feet tall. I mean, that way it's going to bush out closer. I'm going to have a fig bush I can pick instead of a fig tree. Uh, but I, the, the parts I cut off, I stuck in some dirt. And some of them have leafed out. Some haven't. But they're, they're, they got buds on them, so I know they will. Uh, try this, Dale. Go out and scratch on the bark. And if you've got that white, milky sap coming out of it, it's alive. And and that's a good sign. And if you need to, if you'll – you got a bunch of branches on this thing? Uh, it's got about five main branches. Are they uh, are they more than a couple of three feet tall, long? No, not oh. any not oh. any taller than that. Okay, well try this. This sounds kind of weird, but if you'll c- cut the tips off the branches, mm-hmm. there there's mm-hmm. a hormone produced in the tips of branches that flows down stems that actually keeps buds from sprouting. And if you cut the tip off a plant, that hormone is gone, and the it's like it's released something. So if you'll go ahead and cut them back an inch or two or three, you know, maybe a little more if you want to, then what's further down will be sort of releasing. It should sprout. As long as you got that white milky sap, if you just cut the tips back a little bit, a lot of times that'll jumpstart them. All right. I'm going to take your advice and hope for the best. Does Mama know you're doing all this? She's not listening, is she? <laughs> She's not listening, but okay. she knows I want this thing to do well. Well, give her a hug. Tell her what she can do. Give her a hug, and you know she'll give you that little motherly nod, and we'll take it from there. All right. Thanks okay. for your help. Good luck, Dale. Appreciate it. Okay. Now let's talk to to Craig. Craig's calling from the Gulf Coast. We went from north of Memphis all the way down the Gulf Coast in Biloxi. Hey, Craig, good morning. Hey, good morning, Felder. What's up? Uh, I just put a blueberry bush in a five-gallon bucket, uh-huh. and I was wondering how long that will last or if that's big enough. Well, you know, you can keep them in a, in a bucket for a long time as long as you give it a little fertilizer, some slow-release fertilizer, you know, these little bead-type things. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, little fertilizer yeah. beads? Yeah. Because that way, every time you water, it automatically gives it a little bit of fertilizer, just a little bit. As long as you water it, a little fertilizer, and uh, keep it pruned so it doesn't get too big, they can stay in a pot for a long time. Okay. Have you got flowers on it? I got blueberries on it. it it's only 12, inch, 12 or 16 inches high. Okay. Well, now here's the thing. Is it already got new growth on it uh, besides the the stuff because the, the berries were from last year's growth? It's got that kind of a light green new growth on it? Yes. Okay. Yes. When it gets a few inches long, snip the tips in the last two or three leaves off of each one of those, and they will bush out. The rest of this year, you'll have more berries next year. Otherwise, they're going to just get tall and leggy. But keep it nice and bushy. Okay, that's good advice. Thank you. Okay, appreciate your call. Whew, I think it's going to rain tomorrow. It's supposed to start in late tonight. I kind of like rain. I know we got a lot of plant sales and plant festivals, stuff like that coming up. and and uh, you know. But at the same time, rain is what keeps us from being West Texas. I was in Texas last week, and no, thank you. I really appreciate our good soaking rain. Anyway, if you've got some things going on that I can help with, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Got a lot of fun stuff going on. Got Mother's Day coming up next weekend. Cinco de Mayo this weekend. Uh, Going to look forward to seeing some folks at St. Luke's Methodist uh, in Tupelo tomorrow, 1130. And again, if you go to mpbonline.org, at the very top, got a thing that says support. Click on that. And for about the cost of what roses 
and chocolates would cost you. We will send them to you anywhere. $125 gift to MPB and to Mom's Honor. We'll send a roses and chocolate anywhere to Mother's Day. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, me and Java Chapman and Kevin Farrell and all the other folks here at MPB. Hope you have a great weekend. Uh, hope you have a safe weekend. Hope you get some gardening done. And if you get a chance, take a kid to a um, farmer's market. Uh, take a child to a garden center. Give them $5 worth of, of gift that can give for a lifetime. Teach them to do what we do best, folks. We love sharing what we do. We're determined individual gardeners, whether they belong to clubs or not. Here at MPB, we'd love to get together with you every week. So, Meanwhile, it's time to go outside and do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See you all next week.